0: Hey guys, welcome to the Way. If you're new here or a first time viewer, whoop whoop, uh, I'm weird and um, it's going to keep happening. Hey, um, we are in week four of a series that we started uh, three weeks ago called One Nation. And um, it's really about the idea that uh, we are one nation. Well, we broke down the, the Pledge of Allegiance um, One Nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all and we're really just trying to explain to everyone that um the nation as believers that should matter the most is the kingdom of heaven um and eternity and that's that's where we set our, our minds and our hearts as believers um under God recognizing that all authority comes from God and uh and we're we're going to have to submit ourselves uh to authority whether you like it or not this is um the the scenario that God has created for us uh, starting in the home School, workplace, please, like, like we are always under authority. We are never out from underneath authority, and and this is a difficult concept for believers. Um, and then last week we talked about indivisible and how how super, how much God really cries for His church to be one. And um, and right now I recognize that we we've been in divided times. Uh, this week we're talking about with liberty and justice for all, liberty and justice for all. What a prayer. That guy wrote in 1892, "One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all." It's really the heart that I have for our country, uh, and it's really funny how much it bleeds scripture, liberty and justice for all. Yet, and right now, um, in the times that we're in, and uh, this week has been a crazy week, right? Uh, for us, it's been like the most absurd week ever. Not because of the election, so we got a puppy and. Uh, <laughs> He's adorable. I promise he's better looking than your dog. Um, uh, and so anyways, uh, we love him, and it's created madness at our house. Uh, but um, I'm recognizing uh, that God wants to move, and I'm, I'm still hearing these conversations that are still just going. And um, uh, we're, we're trying to put to rest today some of the things that the Lord, uh, that, that's happening in our culture and allow to turn the page and, and just see what God wants us to do. I think that the church needs assignment again and um, we've got to move forward and uh, I love it. So uh, this, there's going to be a large rebuke today. I think we're going to go a little bit longer mostly because I'm changing my entire sermon even from the first service. And, uh, and so we'll see where this thing goes. Lord Jesus help. Amen. Hey so um, we are uh, talking today about liberty and justice for all, and um, we were, I was in a Bible study this Wednesday morning, and um, it was really beautiful. We've been doing this for about a year, these guys, and uh, we got through several books in the Bible, and we're in the book of John the last like four weeks. We read really slow, and uh, so here we are in chapter one still after four weeks, and uh, Um, This verse came out, and it really just rebuked me, and it made me realize that this is this Sunday's message, liberty and justice for all. Let me read it to you. John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That just blows my mind. You'll see why. John bore witness of him and he cried out saying, he, uh, this is, was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me because he, he was before me. He's the great I am. Verse 16, and of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. Let me just stop there. If you don't know what grace is, the Tim Broton definition of grace is simply receiving what you don't deserve. Yeah. And as I think about my life, I have truly received something I didn't deserve for something I didn't deserve for something I didn't deserve. And it just seems like God is moving into my life in ways that I just, I don't deserve. Anyone else? Yeah. Cool. To the rest of you, Uh, for uh, verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, right? But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, our Lord. As I'm writing this message, I I can't help but hear uh, just what, what was it? Liberty and justice for all. It is grace and truth. That's really what it is, isn't it? And as, I, as we're, this election's going on, it's like we've got these folks going, uh, we just want more liberty to do whatever it is we feel is, 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 is what needs to be done. And then we have the others who are banging on the drum going, we just want justice. We want things that is right, needs to be right. Yeah, but we want more freedom. But we want what's right. But we want more freedom. And this guy who wrote this pledge is like, but we want liberty and justice for all. And I'm looking at Jesus going, you know what? This is the guy who came, who is liberty and is justice. And um, we're praying for unity in our country, and I can't help but think we need to turn the page. We've got to look at Christ. So um, with that being said, I had a dream this week, and I'm going to tell you about it. And David had a word that we want to share with you guys. So David, you, uh, we got a minute here for you. Uh,
1: you only get a minute. Here we go. He said a minute and a half, ish. I was reading this morning in uh, Second Chronicles twenty about Jehoshaphat, and how he woke up one morning essentially and uh, had three armies coming against him, and he was terrified. And he essentially pled to God. He said, "Why did you bring me all this way? Why did you?" And he was Jehoshaphat was actually one of the good kings in the Chronicles. Uh, Why did you essentially bring me all this way? Why did you give me all this land to conquer? and we're essentially living in peace and now these three armies are coming to destroy me. And God said, "Well, put on your armor, show up on the battlefield, field and I'll you'll see what I can do for you." And he essentially put on his armor with his army like one quarter the size. Showed up on the battlefield when he got there all the armies were dead. The Lord went before him and took over everything. And I thought to myself, what is it, what's the significance of this? And then I'm thinking how we do, live defeated lives. And, you know, God has brought us, uh, given us ground to conquer and given us ground, giving us successes, giving us um, whatever he's given us. And then when, you know, crap, stuff happens, pardon, pardon. Um, when stuff happens, then, you know, we're saying, why, God, why did you, you know? you've already given us this far, why is it going to be taken away? He says, don't worry, just show up and I'll fight for you. So that's it. Hey, um, I'm thinking about grace and
0: mercy and uh, here's what you need to know. Um, last week, this week, um, I'm not, I'm a pastor. I'm not a politician, okay? Uh, I vote it. I vote it I very passionately. Um, but I am... Um, not about trying to uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about the political agenda because I don't think that the political agenda is, um, is, is is the first priority and so I'm trying to get us back to what we're calling and I want to remind you just for a second hear me your pastor isn't always right do you understand that neither are you <laughs> okay and it's important that we have other people in our life that will talk to us when we're wrong and we'll hold our hands when we're right, not right. Uh, but I want to remind you that um, although many of us had in mind what we thought was going to happen Tuesday um, and it went wrong, this happens in life all the time. There are uh, husbands and wives with their hands on their head going, oh my goodness, God, how are you going to work this thing out? because I thought you were going to. In fact, if you have a relationship with God at all, anything that you've ever believed God for, I would venture to say, did not happen the way you thought it was going to. And so I think there's a lot of people with their hands on their heads this week going, God, what are you doing? And that's to the people that are Republican. And the liberals have been doing that for the last four years, right? And going, God, how are you going to work this thing out? And what you need to remember is that Christianity is not an American religion. It is a Western religion, okay? It's, a, it's an Israel religion, all right? And so we're talking about grace and truth here for a second. I just want to hear you this before we jump into grace and truth. Jesus is standing before Pilate. Now, I know that this fights against us, but we're, we're citizens of heaven, and I'm, I believe that God is going to speak to every person here if you're willing to hear. I'm shaking at the core of me right now. Uh, Lord, yep, help. Watch this. This is in John chapter 18. And Jesus is standing before Pilate right before he's about to be crucified. And then Pilate entered the praetorium again, and he called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Do you hear this? And, and Jesus answered, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered to you, you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants, they'd fight. So I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. You hear Jesus talking about this, about Israel, the one he actually came to. I think so many of us, there's like an anger and there's a rage and there's a confusion, and I think we're going to address it all here and, and get back to what matters most. That's where we're going. You with me? Yeah. Seven with me? Jesus is saying, "This is not my kingdom." Uh-oh. But as an American, this is my kingdom. And there's some that feel like their finances are in jeopardy. Their security is in jeopardy. Their welfare is in jeopardy. And I got to tell you, if, if that's the case, you've already missed it because you don't understand who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. There is no one we're going to put in office that's going to secure you. Yes. Yeah. They can't give you life when you die. They can't put more money in your bank. Like, they, like none, Life only comes from him. Yeah. And that's so good news. This is good. Whatever's happening, the more that things get shaken in your life, the greater, honest, I'm not trying to be an optimist. It's, it's the greater the ability that God's going to move in your life. We look through every scriptural story. I mean, if we're reading the word, we're seeing story after story where everything went wrong and God moved. This is Jesus, y'all. Truth and Grace. Here we go. I got to keep going. So then so then he says, you are rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into this world. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice and Pilate answered, what is the truth? And as I'm thinking about people right now, they're frustrated because they, we thought it was going to go one way and I don't understand because God was involved. There are people right now that are confused because prophets prophesied and pastors pastored and dads fathered and moms mothered. And a lot of people were wrong about everything, buying this house, getting this dog, right, getting that job. And there's a lot of times where people, I believed that God was going to move and it's not looking like I thought it was going to look. And that creates confusion. God is moving. And if he did things the way you wanted them to be done, he wouldn't be God. You would be. And this is us serving the king. Potter in his his hands. I'm so excited about what this is going to do for the church because he's shaking it up. And I'm so excited about what's going to happen over here. Here's the vision I got uh, this week. I, I'm telling you, I, I had a vision for the church, for this church, for our church, for the Way Community Church, for you. And in this vision, it was a really simple vision, but I knew it was from God. And uh, God speaks to me really simple, y'all. I'm telling you, He doesn't make it really complicated for me. And so I saw, if you can close your eyes for a second, I saw an outlet. Okay, close your eyes. I saw an outlet, like a cover in the wall, a socket. And a plug, and the Lord's saying, I need you to unplug from this world and connect with me. Let me. Open your eyes for a second. Today's message is grace and truth, liberty and justice for all. I think what's wrong is um, we're all assuming we know who the Lord is and I'm here to tell you that I've been a Christian for 20 years and I still don't fully understand grace and truth. It wars against me and I'm your pastor. Like, wait, what? That's so simple. I'll show you in a minute. Grace and truth, how do we move forward? I think um, one of the reasons why many of our uh, peace is at stake right now is not because of an election. It's because we put our hope and we had our eyes tuned into things that were never of Him. When we wake up every day, it's grace and truth. It's not the principle, it's not the theology, it's not the ideology, it's, a, it's Jesus. And when we are being bombarded by news and media and work, thinking that we're, our, our security is found when I go to Geico today, we're missing it. Yeah. Because the, the moment they tell you your job's at stake, your peace is at stake. Mm-hmm. And that's not truth. It's in Christ. Yeah. Okay. So grace and truth, liberty and justice for all. I have this um, scenario in my own life that... um. I have found that I prefer truth over grace. So as I'm moving past politics, please understand this is not the topic today. The topic is Jesus. But what's happening in in the world, the problem that's happening in the world is also happening in the church. And the the reason why it's happening in the church is because it's happening in you and in me. There is a fight for grace and truth in our life And a warfare over the balance of what we prefer in our own life. It's happening in your marriage, it's happening at your job. Some of you see things so black and white, and some some of you see things so relationally, and we fight over more freedom, more justice. And Jesus fought for both. In the church today, there is a scenario where there is a move of God saying, we just want to love everyone, just love everyone, bring them in, bring them in, bring them in. And we also have this move that are pushing people out the church as fast as we can saying, if they're not this way, they're wrong. And both of these can be massively dangerous. And I think a lot inside of us as believers, we have found a perspective and a balance and a truth and a way that we see God and we've fashioned him is that this is the absolute reality. I prefer the God of grace or the God of justice. For me, your pastor, I struggle with grace. I try to preach it as often as I can, but grace is hard for me. Why? Because um, I feel like I should earn salvation. I know that I can't. I know that it's only by grace that we have been saved through faith not uh, of works so none of us can boast about it. So none of us did anything to earn salvation. But when I don't pray X amount of time, I feel like I'm not Christian. When I don't read enough of the Bible, I feel like I'm not Christian. If I miss an assignment and I don't find in my heart generosity, I feel like I'm not godly. I feel like I am not there if I don't do this. And I realize I can never be Jesus paid at all. On the other side, there is by and large in the church, a freedom that we have come into the church with an understanding that is Christian American Christian that we've never seen or understood what's happening with the rest of the old Testament. How there was a law, there was a standard, there is righteousness and holiness and purity that needs to be upheld, upheld. because that's who He is, and it's the foundation of His throne. And it's difficult, because what we've done is we've said, we just want to, everyone's allowed, and everyone is allowed. We have a hard time telling people when they're wrong. And so we don't ever say that things are wrong because we want everyone to be right. And what we've done is we've actually encouraged everyone to create their own version of God. And if hopefully the sermon sits with you well long enough for you to like me <laughs> and like the version that we're creating, but the reality is, is this is never my God. He is Him, and I just get the opportunity to sit down and worship Him thro- at His feet. And this warfare that's happening inside of us, this preference of truth and grace, the problem is it's, it's not a balance of which one I prefer. Jesus is both. And it's hard for me to dial in because I find myself, my, the nature of me is, is pref, has a preference. But learning God and pursuing God never happens in my preference. It always happens in obedience to Him. He's calling us all deeper into a relationship with Him, but He's asking all of us to change. And it doesn't happen by hearing the gospel and and being able to recite a few verses about the way God handled this situation, and so now this is the way he handles every situation. No, no, no. Life begins for me every day if I'm doing it right with Jesus. And when I'm doing it wrong, it's still held together by Jesus. But if I'm I'm getting, if I have any shot of getting this day right and my heart and my posture is I've got to encounter God every day. I wonder, those of us that are upset about what's happening, how much have we spent time plugged into the news feeds and the media and the articles, and this is what's going to happen, and we're angry about what's not going the way I thought God was saying it was going to happen. have we spent any time with justice and mercy, justice and liberty? grace, and truth. Because the more we encounter Him, the more we'll understand Him and the more we'll see that He can move regardless of who goes into the White House. So how do we move forward? What's the next step for you? If you don't like the way the country is going, well, you can go to another country. You can take up arms and fight. Are you going to lay down your life and serve Christ? No one can take anything from you as a believer if you surrender it to Jesus first. They can't take your victory. They can't take your peace. They can't take your salvation. And they can't take your life. And some of us feel threatened. And I think the only thing, and the only source that you're hearing from is the enemy who's polluting the conversation. The Lord reigns. Grace and truth. He is our mission. Let me take you into John chapter 8 real quick. I had a whole lot of other scriptures, and I realized um, we don't need to do all that. So I'm just going to read a story to you that I didn't read in the first service. So you guys are getting the better service today. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where do I go from here? What's God calling me to do next? Remember, he came to bear witness. In John chapter 8, it says, um, But Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives, and, and now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all of the poor came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman who was caught in adultery. And when they had sat her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. In the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that, uh, that such should be stoned. What, uh, what do you say? And, uh, and they said testing him because they, they might have something which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. This is one of the coolest passages in all of the Bible. If you don't know... <laughs> This is really just a fascinating story. I love that there's like these crowds of people that are like angry. And the first thing any of us would probably do is reply, come up with an answer. And I love that he got everyone to shut up and calm down by, what, what the heck's he writing? <laughs> you know? And we don't even really know. He may have been drawing a picture of your face, you know, like... What the heck is that? I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. That is an so ugly thing there. It was, just kidding. You're beautiful. Masterpiece, right? Here we go. Keep going. So uh, when they continued asking him, he, he he raised up and said to them, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. It. And, and again, he stood down and wrote on the ground. And, and then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest eaten even to the last and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst and when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman and he said to her woman where are your accusers has anyone here condemned you she said no one Lord and Jesus said to her neither do I condemn you go and sin no more the Bible study this week Keith Kelso said something that uh, really affected me and I haven't been able to shake it for some time it's one of those absolute statements you know that becomes like a like an Instagram quote and I hate those quotes especially when they're about God because I feel like there's always a loophole to it so I've, I've wrestled with it and I wonder if it's true he said no one will ever understand grace until they wrestled with their guilt This woman done was wrong. Have you ever wrestled with your guilt? Yeah. There's a scenario where there's some people that may have been in church for a long time and may, they don't even realize that they've done things wrong. They don't realize that they've, um, the reason why Jesus was crucified is because you've lied. Because God's holy, he can't have relationship with sin. He can't. It dilutes him. So the only way he could fix you was by taking your punishment. I don't like it when someone picks up my check at a restaurant. I don't like some, when someone does me a favor. I always want to earn my own Righteousness. I always feel like if you just give me enough time and I'll I'll make it right. Can you imagine the gravity of this woman's shame standing in front of all those people? I don't know if you know it, but scripture says there is a way that seems right to man, in the end it leads to death. It doesn't matter how many people in this world say things are okay. One day we're gonna stand before our maker. And when we stand before holiness, we're going to realize a lot of things in our life may have been out of order or may have been for our own interest. I love the grace of God that would not condemn me but embrace me. Some people really feel like the church needs to get back to more truth there's some people that feels like the church needs to be a lot more of grace. The problem what's going on out there is the problem that's going on in here. And the reality is we're, we're all right. I need both of your voices, but I need you to be able to work together, people. So what happens next? Where do we go from here? You love people that disagree with you. Stop being ugly and jerks and mean to people and embrace people that think differently than you. This is who Jesus is. He came and overturned tables in the church and said, you guys got it all wrong. There's a lot of passages. Everyone here that knows truth, all of us truth people, you got to remember that Jesus said that The standard is a lot higher to y'all. So if you know what's right, and we can point out what's right to everyone who's wrong, you got to be really good at being right. Because um, he said it'd be better for you to tie a millstone around your neck, cast in the depths of the sea, than for you to make it hard for one of his sons and daughters to come to Christ. And this is why he walked in the church and rebuked Pharisees. Because we made it hard for people to sit and listen to the gospel. We made them feel like they weren't wanted or weren't loved. What do we do with when I know what truth is? What do I do with it? There's a a right way to do things. You're right. There is. Everything starts with relationship. If you want to be right, I, I, I appreciate it. Do you know their name? Do you know how they feel and how they got there? Because long before anyone is ever going to listen to anything you've got to say, you've got to care. Yes, good. Come on. We have been right for so long and not cared about how it came across. And it's gross. Yeah, true. We're making it hard for people to get to heaven. And the mission should be to make it hard for them to get to hell. Grace and truth. Deb, would you come? I don't really know what I said today. I've got to be honest with you. Um, this is one of those weeks where if you disagreed, I'll probably agree with you because um, I'm emotional. I've prayed with so many people that don't know what God's going to do in their marriage or with their kids. And I'm looking at a church that feel like they got caught with their their head in the in the in the headlights, you know? Yeah, yeah there you go. That's the one I'm looking for. Wanna have a drink real quick. We're gonna love folks, man. Um I think what's tough is when we get really politically charged, we think we can spell out our future. And here's what your future is. I could be wrong about this. To love God and then love people. Some of us are getting really good at loving people and we don't connect with God. I need you to have a prayer life. It's awesome that you come to church but the Lord wants to meet with you. There's this place, it's called the secret place, where you go and you get along with the Lord. And the reason why you've lost peace is because you're, you're not connected to the source. There is no one that can take anything from you. I, I know a woman, her name is uh, Elba, and, and I remember when she lost her son in a car accident to a drunk driver, and she went to the jail where the, where the young man was that, that took her son's life, and, and she She let him know that that God had a plan for his life and that God loved her. And I think, man, that is love. And it's love because she woke up every day and laid her son on the altar of Christ. No one can take things from you when you lay them down. Lord, we want to connect with you. I don't know if I'm talking today, but I, I, here's, 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 here, this is the point. Deb, will you make it all emotional in here? <laughs> here's, the, here's the point. I believe that there are some folks in here that know truth. You just see things black and white. You know what's right, and this is the way it's supposed to happen. I am praying for you to encounter grace. Encounter love. Encounter a God that took you the way you are when you're all broken inside and no one knows it but you. You're so strong, you're so wrong about so many things. And yeah, but I'm not in sin, I don't go party and blah 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 blah. Yeah, you looked at someone and you said in your heart, and the Lord knows it, and you are a sinner. And you need grace. I need you to encounter the God of grace know your wrongs and know how he has everything that is right for you and there are some here where you just enjoy liberty you enjoy being able to do whatever you want all the time I'm going to need you to encounter justice and truth and the reality that there is one way and it, it should never be yours should always be his, not your pastors, not this church. Jesus, y'all. I need you to encounter grace and truth. Be willing to not see the full picture. Would you do me a favor? Would you all close your eyes and bow your heads? There's two things I'm praying for right now. One is you realize that you mostly prefer one side and you're willing to realize that you don't see the whole picture and you, uh, you'll you allow me to just play, pray a blanket prayer over all of you. You're online, you're here in this room. I'm praying for you right now. I wanna see the bigger picture. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? Jesus, I am thankful that you are going after all of us because you are radically interested in a relationship, an intimate relationship, where you reveal your heart, your voice, your strength, your passion, your grace, your truth, all over us. You want us to be filled with the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would move in their lives tomorrow, today, on Thursday, that you would begin to wake them up from their routine, interrupt them in their car rides, wake, stop them in, from their television, interrupt their news feeds. God, you are calling us into an extravagant relationship with the God of the universe. And I believe, Father, that knowing you is not designed to be boring. And some of us have been bored in a relationship with you for far too long. Lord Jesus, would you come? I'm talking to another group here. Right now in your life, peace is lacking. There are some things going on and you're shaken. It may be in your marriage, it may be in your finances. It may be in the relationships that you want to have, but you know things are a mess. Today, you need a touch from God. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, if that's you, would you raise your hand? I just want to say a prayer for you. That's awesome. Hands going up all over the room. Sing a song over us real quick. But in the name of Jesus, I ask, Lord, that you would move in their lives by the power of your Holy Spirit like only you can. I'm grateful that they're here, and I'm grateful that you're opening their hearts. Lord, you love them. You died for them. You are living to lead them. Holy Spirit, walk them through the season they're going in. Like only you can. In Jesus name.